Welcome to A Players, a podcast about how startups scale, where we interview founders, venture builders, growth managers, and everybody that is involved in the scaling of a startup. I'm Michael Varley, and I'll be your host today. The show, the show is uh, powered by Accelerate, a recruitment agency uh, that gets your hiring right. Today's guest is Jenny Herald, a CPO of GTM Hub. Her technical background experience lies coming from the Air Force, then transitioning into operations and then product leader she is today. She leads teams in exciting as she has led teams in exciting companies such as Microsoft, Hubrick and Techstars. And I'm really excited to hear her thoughts on everything hiring and product. Um, so yeah, welcome Jenny. It's really good to meet you again. I think we met a few years ago when you first um, arrived in Berlin. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to discussing uh, hiring and product today. Thanks, should be fun. Yeah. Um, and to dive right into the topic, um, maybe just a bit of a background information uh, about yourself um, and yeah, what you're doing today. Sure, so kind of the highlights, I guess, uh, I joined the Air Force first as an officer. Um, I did cost analysis for a while for the Department of Defense. Then I joined a defense contractor uh, and did a lot of that same operational research, mm. uh, cost analysis work. I worked for a government, uh, for the government, for the Navy specifically for a mm -hmm. year. Then I transitioned into tech and mm -hmm. worked for Wonderlist. Uh, First as an intern, and then mm -hmm. eventually post-acquisition to Microsoft-led products. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I was the chief operating officer of Hubrick, which mm -hmm. unfortunately went insolvent. Mm -hmm. And then now I am the chief product officer of an early-stage growth uh, startup based out of Sofia, Bulgaria. Uh, and on the side, sometimes I mentor and was an entrepreneur in residence last quarter of last year uh, wow. for the Techstars SAPIO um, wow, that, cohort. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a journey. Um, what, was this kind of always how you planned it out to be, to kind of this transition uh, from operations <laughs> no. into technology? <laughs> into no, product? I think I joke with people, but I'm somewhat serious that I, yeah, I've, I've gone from like not the queer ladder, but more like a queer jungle gym. I've kind of tried mm. a bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure there's lots of learnings. Um, yeah, there. And obviously you're building out a, a product team um, or have experience building out product teams uh, in the past. Um, I just wanted to talk through kind of that whole kind of journey uh, there when you're kind of, you know, first beginning to think about we need a product team uh, now. Um, what kind of hire would you be looking for uh, at first? So for my first hire, I usually pick kind of a mid to, you know, has a propensity or possibility of being a senior PM. Mm -hmm. That's usually where I start, especially for early stage startups because mm -hmm. you really need someone who is hands-on and you also know you don't have very much money especially if you're bootstrapping in mm. your you know your like seed or pre-seed stage like, you mm -hmm. don't have a lot of money yeah and who, who in the right mind would join such a risky venture that could be really experienced it's unlikely that that they may want that maybe there are some mm -hmm. people but that's very rare mm -hmm. okay uh, yeah 
Um, that's really interesting, actually. I think a lot of startups, you know, they need to hire great people, really great people before they become great on paper, if that makes sense. I mean, how do you yeah. kind of try and identify that talent? I mean, firstly, like, I kind of want to know how they think. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really try to look for creativity in my mm-hmm. questions. Uh, and, I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, hunger, but, mm-hmm. you know, how, how, you know, how persistent is this person almost to the borderline of being stubborn about yes. something, right? Yes. Like, they want to really see it through and they're really fixated and that, that kind of attitude, I think, can go a long way. Um, I would say it's important, I, I've talked about this a lot recently with a few people on my team, you want to look for someone who wants to have power with others mm-hmm. rather than power over others, mm. especially in product, mm-hmm. because it's a role where you can say, no, this is what we're going to go do, mm-hmm. right? And you can be really dictatorial about it, but you're not really doing any of the work. Mm-hmm. So you kind of want to look for people who really are team players, but you know they understand the constraints um, they understand what the business needs. They understand what the customer needs. That's a hard person to find, but really someone who's a healthy intersection of all those things whilst also just wanting to do a solid job and, and is willing to take the risk or I guess the opposite of that is to live out the dream with mm-hmm. the team, right? Like you're trying to find this proverbial unicorn. Yes. <laughs> Uh, who who has a lot of potential and maybe is for whatever reason overshadowed mm-hmm. elsewhere and mm-hmm. is looking for a, a position to make a lot of impact really mm-hmm. everyone I think wants three things right I, I mean it's super basic and I think I'm overgeneralizing but they want autonomy in their work you know I'm looking for someone mm-hmm. who can work fairly autonomous they want mastery right they mm-hmm. want to do a really good job uh, mm-hmm. And they want to make impact. Like if you can mm-hmm. find somebody who can agree to that, and you're like, hey, you're going to be highly autonomous. You're going to be able to master your craft over time. You're going to be able to try a lot of different things. And oh, by the way, you're going to make massive impact. You want to do this. Mm-hmm. And if you have someone who wants to say yes to that, I think that's great. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, there and obviously just going to the point you said about you know the early stages of a company and um, the reality how about when you have talent that you know maybe is coming from a, a larger company uh, and somebody who's really willing to uh, work in this environment do you have question marks over such a move or are you very open-minded when um, seeing different backgrounds oh if I say that I'm not open-minded that puts me in a bad place right yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, it's a joke. But I mean, I came from a corporate environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, I came from an institution. The Air Force mm-hmm. is an institution. Mm-hmm. So I think that I, by virtue of my own personal experience, have to be open-minded or else I'm hypocritical. Right? Mm-hmm. Someone gave yes. me a shot. Right? Mm-hmm. They were like, on paper, they looked at it. This was Wonderless. Wonderless gave me a shot. They were mm-hmm. like, you have no qualifications at tech at yes. all. <laughs> How do you know you're going to be able to do this job? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way that I kind of pitched how, what I was able to deliver was, you know, how many people do you know mm-hmm. are able to think through what the force structure of the United States Air Force should be, mm. right? And then craft a scenario to help build out 
quite literally the vision for year 2020. I was mm-hmm. 26 or 27 years old when I, mm-hmm. I built that out on part wow. of, as a part of my team, right? Yes. Like I have, I have merits in my own and I think that people who can critically think through problems mm-hmm. and present creative solutions mm-hmm. can transition industries. It's a matter of being able to shape what your story is to fit what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting, uh, Jenny. So would you, would you say there to look beyond the CV? Um, you have you know, to. Yeah. Okay. And do you like to, to, know, to identify this kind of talent? Do you have any kind of favorite interview questions that you like to use? Yeah, you know, like, especially in tech, like, what products do you use? Mm-hmm. Why do you like them? You know, or is there something you tried recently that you really absolutely hated? Mm-hmm. Why was that? Or even, you know, have you ever played on a sports team? What was that mm-hmm. like? What were what were the things that you enjoyed about it? What did you gain from it? Um, so, like, out the, you know, kind of peripheral questions, I think, are useful in those kinds of conversations just to see how someone interacts with others. Um, you know, like, thinking about a situation where... Mm. Uh, one thing I like to ask... A lot. This kind of stumps people. Mm-hmm. One of my colleagues is like Jenny. That's that's like the nuclear <laughs> weapon. Every time yeah. you ask it, my question is: Give me some reasons why I shouldn't hire you. Mm. Okay. Like, tell me why you think you know. Give me the anti story, right? Mm. You're and looking that's for self-awareness. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes people will say things, and I hate to, you know, if someone has in their mind, I know what my answer is, and mm-hmm. this is the answer, like. If someone responds to me with, I'm a perfectionist, I'm like, oh my God, that's, mm-hmm. that may be true, but that's a super easy out. Yeah. Right. But I really enjoy answers like, hey, if you're looking for somebody who's going to say yes to everything that you say I need to do, I'm probably not your person mm-hmm. okay. because I think I have my own ideas mm-hmm. and I want to be able to challenge our conventional thinking. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go. You know, that's a good answer. So do you get excited um, when you have someone in front of you who you feel could make you not feel uncomfortable but could cause a diff- bring a different kind of chemistry or, or um, tension to the team? I think it's helpful. I yeah. mean, the reason why building stands is, like, we think about this, I think about this. Like, if we consider a, an organization like a building, right, you're mm-hmm. trying to build this proverbial building, right? mm-hmm. it only stands because of the forces and tensions that are working against each other. Yes. Right. Yeah. We need to be able to not group think. Mm-hmm. Again, we need as many perspectives as we possibly can in product to be able to deliver a holistic solution that meets the needs of a lot of different people in the world. Mm. Yeah, really interesting uh, perspective. Would you say it's, it's quite a product manager's uh, role to be able to identify when group things going on in in the company? Or absolutely, I, I think absolutely, right? Yeah, I mean that's why we we do design thinking workshops together. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get varied responses. We do expert analysis and reviews mm-hmm. just to hear what people are saying, and they there might be some synergy or affinity that you can trace through. And sometimes mm-hmm. you'll find this gem of an idea and you're like, wow, that came totally unexpected. Maybe that's the next big thing. That's yeah. the next big innovation. No yeah. one's thought about that yet. 
That's yeah. what breaks companies through, I think, the proverbial glass. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, if I remember correctly, at Wunderlist, that you had quite a few people who came in in certain positions and then either went in from like support to product design or like yourself from operations into product. Is that like um, a right assumption? I mean, it seems from the outside that you had a few people doing that. Yeah, I think it was one of the best attributes of of the Wonderless team. Mm -hmm. uh, we all believe that you could be masters of anything, mm. right? You just needed to pick whatever it is that you wanted to master at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, that's a really amazing open-minded uh, way of thinking, but it's also very, I can imagine, very brave also, almost when you have um, business needs and short-term needs of the business uh, as well. Where you're trying to move so fast. Oh, totally. And, yeah. But what you kind of expect, and I think maybe I'm misquoting Steve Jobs a long time ago, said, <laughs> you know, I kind of I hired you so that you tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. right? I think that the leadership within Wonderlist hired a bunch of smart, young, capable people mm -hmm. to kind of to call the future of the product that we were building. Mm -hmm. And they gave us the autonomy and the the space to master and the ability to make impact like those mm -hmm. three things kind of were the foundations i think of what became a very magical experience for whomever was the other side of the screen yeah and i yeah, think it's important that that we keep that within early stage startups or whatever really business it keeps you on your toes for sure and it mm -hmm. continues to breed innovation yeah I, I yeah i completely agree i think i heard something um, semi-similar that you know a lot of startups it's about getting a, a group of people in a room um, and whatever you feel they will be doing in the next 10 years you know it's going to be something amazing uh, for every person uh, in terms of yeah. you know where they're going it may be outside of tech or it may be but something that they're going to be doing and working on is going to be amazing and they're going to be doing really great um, so yeah really interesting to hear your thoughts uh, there and I've seen your your current position uh, as CPO. Um, how, especially in a tech company like uh, that you that you're in now, how important do you feel? You know, having this kind of technical background, um, yeah, is you know maybe you know you see the kind of non-technical CEO uh, leading a team or the non-technical non product manager leading a development team. How how important do you feel that hands-on experience? Uh, in in programming uh, or engineering is? Oh, I feel like that's such a controversial topic because people have such varied responses to that question. And from my perspective, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to go the rational route. It depends, right? It depends. I think product's job is to be whatever the team needs to be able to produce the best possible outcome. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a very technically capable team and what you need is somebody who is able to just manage people really effectively and give them the space and the guardrails to kind of stay on track, mm -hmm. then perhaps you don't need a highly technical PM. Mm -hmm. But what if you're in a team where you probably are the most experienced or one of the more experienced technical people to help bring everyone along with you mm -hmm. in, in building this thing, then maybe you do need more of a technical PM. So I think it really depends on what kind of team has been assembled, where you need to go, what the product needs to do. And so whomever it is that you hire should be appropriate for the needs of 
that time and that space and that yes. team. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. And and obviously when uh, Wunderlist got acquired by Microsoft, did you see a, a big difference in the kind of talent you could hire now you had the Microsoft name um, with you uh, in comparison to maybe when you were leading a team at uh, Hubrick um, in a completely early stage again? I've re you know what? I've, I hate to say that it's like a, a different caliber of talent. I will mm -hmm. say when I was in both positions, I had such exceptional people to work with. Mm -hmm. What was different is what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think whenever you hire someone, it's it's very much a match of the person to what you need, but also mm -hmm. what the company can do for that person. Mm -hmm. It's bi-directional. Right. So for the people who wanted a job at Microsoft, a lot of them were looking for stability in their careers, potentially, you know, a very clear growth path. Right. Mm -hmm. They might want just different things. Mm -hmm. Still very highly qualified, very talented people. And then if you're in an early stage startup, as I had been and even am now, the type of people that I work with are still very much a very high caliber, talented group, very intelligent, creative. But what they want at this moment in this space is something different. They mm -hmm. want to be challenged. They want to build something new. They mm -hmm. want to, you know, build something that's innovative. They want to be successful. They want to break out and make a name out of something that isn't a name right now. Yes. Well, arguably we are a name in some circles, but we want to be a bigger name, right? Mm -hmm. And and so I think it's just a different type of person in the sense of where they might be in their life and what they're looking for out of their career and potentially out of the role. Mm. But it doesn't make anybody any better or worse uh, in, in that regard. Um, Definitely. Of, yeah. No, it's really interesting. Um, and at the moment, I mean... Are you are you if I'm correct in saying that you are quite a distributed team uh, at, at the moment obviously I know that a lot of your team is in Bulgaria you have some people in San Francisco some people in Berlin um, how, how does how do you manage this obviously I know you're building the software that makes this a lot easier um, but yeah how do you manage uh, this well you know the behind the scenes is probably looks like an orchestrated mess to most people mm -hmm. um, but our company does operate on okrs mm -hmm. and each of the teams have what their focus area is going to be we have regular calls i'm going to have one at 6 p.m bulgaria time where we sync up mm -hmm. uh, and we discuss what we're doing and how that's contributing what's doing well what's not anything exceptional just to keep each other in the loop. Um, and we're constantly trying to focus ourselves and the customers that decide that they mm -hmm. want to partner with us on achieving their goals. So I think that's one aspect. Uh, we communicate a lot in a lot of different mediums. There's mm -hmm. a lot of documentation that happens with some mm -hmm. of our distributed teams. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, there are some hallway conversations, but because you know someone from San Francisco may need a partner with someone in London, and then mm -hmm. Berlin. Uh, sometimes we do. We actually have a channel called Overnight, mm. and we we post overnight notes of this mm. is where I left off, and then the other team carries on with where where it was left. So there are strategies I think that teams can uh, like exercise to help them mm -hmm. continue when their overlap in awake time you know is not very much. 
Mm. Um, and I think it works for us, uh, but it took a lot of really creative thinking and orchestration. And, you know, I'm quite pleased actually at kind of the progress that we've yeah. made as a, a team that's spread over the globe. Yeah, nice. How, how do you recreate that kind of water cooler conversation? However, you know, where sometimes the best ideas can come, come, come from. So we invite them uh, yeah. in our company. Like people will post, hey, Jenny, I had this great idea, right? Mm, and we okay. have what is called an idea bank. And anyone in the company can add their ideas to it. They get oh, aggregated nice. at some point and we review them and are like, okay, this seems to be something that we can consider altogether because it seems like a lot of people on our team thinks that this is a problem or something we should solve. And mm -hmm. so we have a, a system in place where people across the team can co-author uh, proposals or pitches mm -hmm. and we decide together, like, what do we want to fund? What makes sense? Yeah, and, super cool. And so we, <laughs> we invite it from everyone. And that's the same thing. I think I carry that spirit from Wonderless. Like, mm -hmm. some of our best ideas came from the non-design team. Exactly, it, yeah. It was awesome. We were like, wow, this is really cool that someone on the HR team is using Wonderless this way. How do we help support his workflow? You know, mm -hmm. and we would think about it, and we exactly, would build something yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, super cool to really utilize. You know, the full company's brain power um, exactly. and ideas and, and creativity. Yeah, and you know, going back onto the hiring topic. I mean, what kind of you know? Obviously, I know you're doing a lot of advising as well with early stage companies. Um, what, you know, what kind of one piece of hiring advice do you give kind of starting founders, founders building out, you know, their teams at the moment or, uh, you know, their product team? My number one advice is you really need to care about your culture, especially mm -hmm. in the early days, because what you're trying to establish after that, as you grow and scale is to retain that. And mm -hmm. so if you don't have it right the first time, it's going to be really challenging to try to shape it later. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's like taking marble and cutting it back and it's, it's tough. Right. And so like, I think it's super important that you really focus on not, not only the craft skills of the people that you hire, but how they work, how they mm -hmm. actually do the work. It mm -hmm. really, at some point, needs to be clear the type of mm -hmm. behaviors that are permissible. Because, I mean, I, I think I've talked about it before in a different interview when they asked, you know, what do you think culture is? And I'm, I'm like, culture is really defined by who you hire, fire, reward, and reprimand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it, that, that is what depicts to everyone in your company what you value. Mm -hmm. And if that's not clear to you, and how you're going about the hiring and rewarding and unfortunate for some people, like letting people go or reprimanding. Yes. If it's not super clear under what circumstances or what values upon mm -hmm. which you would do that, then, you know, like if, if you do have a healthy culture, then it's probably by accident. You yeah. should be very intentional about it in the beginning. And you should yeah. continue to be intentional about it as mm -hmm. you grow and scale your business. Yes. You know, some really, really sage advice um, there. And I think a lot of that advice, especially when, you know, they're in the heat of business and, 
um, quick decisions can get very overlooked. Um, yeah, sometimes. And I mean, what, what does the next kind of six months look like uh, for you at the moment at uh, GTM Hope? If I could summarize it in one word, exciting. Yeah. Like, I'm really excited about what the next six months is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Why did you join? Um, join the mission? Oh, gosh. It's the intersection of all the things that I feel like I really care about. Yeah. Uh, okay. It, and it's going to sound super, super nerdy because, like, KPIs, like, as an operations person, KPIs are super important. Uh, mm -hmm. OKRs are kind of a, the new the new jam, and I'm excited mm -hmm. about that. Uh, being able to enable organizations at scale to be successful and know why, mm -hmm. like answering that question: Do you know why you're successful, or are you affecting change? Where mm -hmm. it's super clear that strategy is being set, and everyone in your organization is aligned to that. Like I want somebody like me who used to work in an institution to know mm -hmm. why they're there, why their work matters mm -hmm. and it, for it to really map to what's important to the business. And I think a lot of times in really big institutions that might get lost, mm -hmm. like the purpose or the why of your work. And what we're trying to do is to bridge all of those things so that ultimately these companies continue to exist and thrive in the market. And yeah. that's super cool. Yeah, is it is it, it must be exciting seeing some of your customers. Um, are you getting some quite interesting uh, customer stories back? I can see, obviously, from your uh, website, from companies like Sparta Home, um, Base Kit, um, yeah, just doing really good stuff with with your product. Um, yeah, what's the feedback like being like? You know, like with any early stage startup, it's been varied, but mostly positive. Like we, we have customers who are like, we love this. And it's, and that gets me excited in the morning. It's like, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, people use this. And a lot of people probably will think, you know, OKRs are really hard. And that's, you know, that can be true. But just like with anything, you can get better with it over time. Like I'm really excited about our product OKR for the quarter. We're going to ship like a boss. Mm -hmm. like that's literally the objective. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, kidding nice. you. That's the title. Of nice. Our and are you hiring at the moment, like Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and so if anyone's interested in working at GTM nice. Hub in any capacity, let me know. Mm -hmm. And what's the best way to get in contact uh, with you? Uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also active on Twitter. So feel mm -hmm. free to message me at Tujing, T-W-O-J-I-N-G. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Brilliant. Just hit me up. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's been really inspiring speaking to you, uh, Jenny. I know, yeah, that we met, you know, when maybe we were both first arrived in Berlin for kind of four years ago, but seeing this transition from like operations into a uh, product, another product leader uh, that, that you are uh, now. Um, is really inspiring. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's it for the ep this episode of A Players. Uh, all show notes can be found on blog.accelerate.com. And if you want to learn uh, more about our services, uh, please head over to accelerate.com. Uh, we'd love to have your support in uh, support you in growing your company. Um, and until the next episode, a big thank you from myself and um, from Jenny. Um, and yeah, hopefully we see you next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Thanks.